Next on BYU Sports Nation, the rule of three. BYU football on a mission to get noticed by the Power Five, but it's all about the big three. Sometimes you got to go back, actually, to move forward. A history lesson for you with Big B, Brian Keel, and yours truly, Little B. Plus, what's the chance Jamal Williams runs for more yards this season than his previous best? Think about it. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. Get your hands up! Brian Logan, back in the house. BYU Sports Nation, live in Radio Vision. Presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, Thursday, July 2nd. Wherever, however you are dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who was one of the heroes of a six-play goal line stand, Mm. Brian Logan. You're referring to the uh, Oklahoma goal line stand that was better than the Boise State goal line stand? Well, it, listen, it, it wouldn't have that been one? six plays without you, Brian. I was going to say. Without you. Know, you. I, I really did absolutely nothing that whole drive, uh, that goal line stand, um, except for extending uh, with my pass <laughs> interference. So, I, you know, if I could, I, I'm just happy that I was able to play a small part anywhere I could, you know, when it, when it comes to that. So, Do you yeah. think it was pass interference Heck on that no, third man. down? What do you mean? What type of question is that? Was it pass interference? Even that we watched it earlier, and even the uh, the, the the commentator said looked good to me. Yeah, look, Brad Nessler signed off on you. Looked good to me. That's true. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines: BYU baseball's Colton Shaver named a second team freshman All American by Perfect Team College. Shaver will compete in the College Home Run Derby tonight, live on ESPN, eight thirty Eastern, six thirty Mountain. Check it out. Nice. Definitely, we'll be tuning in for that. BYU represented on, on the PGA Tour this weekend at the Green Beret Classic. Zach Blair currently one under through 16 holes. Daniel Summerhays tees off at 1.20 p.m. Eastern time. BYU softball All-American Gordy Bravo competing for Team Mexico in the World Cup of softball. Two for three with an RBI and a 9-3 win over Venezuela. Nice job, Gordy. Nice. ESPN College Football Analyst Danny Cano on the Rosello Show yesterday said, BYU is one of his two uh, picks for Big 12 expansion. He said, go get BYU if you can. That's a direct quote as well. Go get Brigham if you can is what he said. Again, he's part of college football's lineup on ESPN. Danny Cannell taking over for Mark May. Uh, on their big post-game show. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The rule of three. Paul's going to try to roll away from the pressure. Throwing on the run, and what a shot. Down inside the 50 to Pitta again. This is Una with a step to the corner. Una on his way. Touchdown, Cougars. ESPN Big 12 blogger Jake Trotter gave us his three keys for BYU to be undeniably attractive to the Big 12 when the conference, in his words, inevitably expands. He says, number one, root for the Big 12 to get left out of the college football playoff again. BYU has no control over that. Number two, compete in the small arms race of upgrading facilities. Efforts are underway for BYU in that. Mm -hmm. Number three, Forge alliances and get noticed. Hmm. The number one thing BYU can control, Brian, 
in getting noticed in those three keys is to go out and perform on the field. And better yet, do what? Win big games on national television. Ding, ding, ding. And when you have great players and win big games, hello, national respect. Now, Brian, you know a thing or two about winning a big game with big-time players on a national stage. We just talked about it a second ago. Yes, we, we had some pretty big games in 2009 um, on national television, ESPN, Oklahoma 2009. You already know what we did there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and then Utah, they were ranked uh, towards the end of the year. And then Oregon State was ranked uh, during the bowl game. All games televised on ESPN. Uh, and, you know, it, it gave us an opportunity to show, you know, who we were as a, a program, what we were able to do. And, you know, there was a lot of chatter after all of those games uh, as far as our relevancy um, and how good we were as a team. Do the math. That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. In 2009, as Brian just chronicled, BYU won three games against top 25 teams, three of four. They beat... Number three, Oklahoma. They beat number 22, Utah. And they beat a very good Oregon State team, also ranked in the Las Vegas Bowl. They 18, lost to TCU. Okay, so 18th ranked Oregon State at the time. So BYU goes three of four against top 25 teams in 2009. Great and powerful things often come in threes. In religion. In government. And the three amigos, of course. BYU football is no exception to the rule, Brian. Three Stooges, too? Such was the case, of course. Such was the case in 2009. Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Harvey Unga. Enter 2015. And what do you know? BYU has a trifecta of outstanding upperclassmen on offense. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, and Mitch Matthews. Now, Mitch was a freshman on that team with you in 2009. Yeah. He was a good freshman. He, I remember Mitch, and same thing with, with Cody, uh, being on the scout team, and we were just, man, having our way with him. And, you know, they're freshmen. Uh, they're on the scout team. They're red-shirting. And we just got to just – we just punked them, man, did whatever we wanted to do with them. But they, they worked hard, and they got us ready for the games. But, but, yes, Mitch was a part of that greatness during 2009. Now it's time for Mitch to punk everybody else <laughs> as a senior. <laughs> And he compared the feeling that he got as a freshman when he was in awe of what you guys were doing, of Dennis Pitta, of Max Hall, of Harvey Unger. He compared that feeling to now his approaching senior season. We have the leadership this year coupled with ability to be that team we had in 2009, if not better. Wow. Wait a second. Why would Mitch say such a thing? Because that 9 team was special, Brian. Yeah, we were really special. Uh, you know, when, when, you, when you look at that season um and when you look at really the i i would say that the beginnings of the season so going into that season right kind of the hype and and, and the schedule uh the opponents what's going on uh, especially what happened the, the year before this was kind of redemption uh for the team man everybody was focused there was leadership I mean, guys were de- dedicated and, and determined, and everybody just wanted to go and, and ball out. So because of that focus and, or because of that schedule, everybody was on a whole nother level and, and, and really put that extra time, that dedication into it. And, and, and we really had that chemistry as well. Mitch expounded on that thought about why he feels like 09 is comparable to 15. 
I love the guys that I play with. Man, Taysom and Jamal, those guys have leadership written inside of them. And I think that uh, us three on the offense, being at the head of it um, with leadership and experience, I think that we, we demonstrate that. Ah, uh, the big three. Big three. Team chemistry, upperclassmen, experienced. Why are we spending so much time talking about this? We'll get to that in just a second. See, this is, this is my thing, man. When for, on that team and, and the differences that I've seen years after that, and even 2010 because we lost a lot of those guys, um, the first and foremost thing was the chemistry. Guys were so close together. I mean, guys were, were you know, doing, having barbecues and going bowling outside of practice, um, you know, uh, spending a lot of time just outside of, of the locker room, not just on the field. And so you have just this, 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 this brotherhood and this, 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 this friendship, man, that you can't really explain unless you're an athlete. And, and, and that's the first thing I think you have to have. Some people will say, well, wait, you should have leadership first. Well, it doesn't really matter if I have strong leadership if I don't get along with the knucklehead or if I don't like the, the, the person or, or who, whatever, whatever the case is. I'm not going to respect you. I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to follow your lead if I don't like you. So you have to have that chemistry first and foremost. And something that I loved and respected about Max Hall and, and Harvey uh, and Jan Jorgensen, Dennis Pitta, all those guys that were leaders, they didn't, they didn't look down at the, 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 the younger guys, the freshmen, the new guys coming in like myself. Um, they, they, they respected us and they put them, they put us on, on their level. And so when it was time for them to lead, when it was time for them to say, Hey, let's go, you know, it, it, we got two minutes left. We got to win this game. You know, and Jan pulled everybody in and said, Hey man, we're not, we can't lose to these guys. We can't lose these guys up North. That's not what this program is about. You listen, you stop and you listen. Why? Because you, you have that respect factor. If it's not there, it's going to go in one ear and it's going to go out the other. The leaders of this BYU football team are all upperclassmen. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Mitch Matthews, particularly on offense. Okay, we're focusing our efforts on offense today, taking nothing away from the BYU defense and what's approaching there. But what do you expect from them? That brings us to our Twitter question today. What do you expect out of the BYU three-headed monster, Taysom Hill, Mitch Matthews, and Jamal Williams? First tweet in from at Family Budge. Lots of points, 10-win season. Okay, he should just stop there. Ooh. New Year's 6, national champs, hashtag alert. elite, blue hashtag blue goggle blue. alert. Ooh. Man, <laughs> okay. blue, that's blue goggles to the max right there. Now, while you think about your expectations for the big three at BYU in 2015, time for a history lesson. In the words of my good friend Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you got to go back to actually move forward. When BYU has featured a three-headed monster on offense, they have historically put together special seasons. And I'm, throwing, I'm not throwing that word around lightly. Special, okay? 09, we've chronicled. 2006, John Beck, Johnny Harley, and Curtis Brown. They were 11-2, and two, finished ranked 16th. 2001, Brandon Doman, Doug Jolly, Luke Staley. That team went 12-2. and two. Mm. 96, Steve Sarkeesian, Ronnie Jenkins, Chad Lewis slash Atula Mealy. Cotton Bowl, mm. number five in the country. Okay. 84, Bosco, Lake Hemuli, Glenn Kozlowski, national champions. When you have a big three of upperclassmen, it generally shapes up to be a very special season. Brian, everybody's talking about the BYU schedule this year. All the national analysts. Phil Steele. Then you got Athlon Sports. Mm-hmm. All these preseason publications. Las Vegas. They're putting BYU 
at probably eight wins, which we have said would be a good season yeah, given good. the difficulty of the schedule. True. It'll be a good season. The over-under is right around eight games. Well, I am here to tell you, and Brian, I hope you will join me, that with how things are lined up between a more than opportunistic schedule, the upperclassmen's star power, and the urgency this team has to win to try and impress the Power Five, a special season is in the cards. I'm talking double-digit wins finishing in the top 20. You can go ahead and dub this blue-goggled all you want. Hey, I man. am telling you. I'm with look, you. Hey, look at the history. Hey, homie, you know what? You got me so excited right now because I'm I'm with you, man. One hundred percent. I went one thousand percent on board with the blue goggle, Spencer Linton, uh, the host of BYU Sports Nation train. I am right there with you, man. That's how pumped and juiced you got me, especially when you look at the history lesson that you have given us with the three-headed monster. And if these guys can stay healthy, right, if these guys can stay healthy, they sh- this should be a really magical season. You have a great running back in Jamal. You hear what all the coaches have said with his recovery, his dedication. He, you know, he's going to be lights out. I think he's going to take his game to the very next level. You have Taysom, who I think is going to be become more of a, of a pocket passer, one, because he wants to show his talents for the NFL scouts, but two, also to stay healthy. And then who else better to pass then than your 6'10 giant, Mitch Matthews, who, like you said, Spencer, is going to be elite this year. You said that he's put on 15, 20 pounds of muscle uh, to compete at a, at a higher level. So you got all the right pieces to be successful, just like the, the, the previous leaders that you've given. And I hear people say, but Spencer, have you seen the September schedule? And my response is, have you seen what BYU brings to the table against those September foes? With a three-headed monster. If BYU, with essentially the same offense that went into Austin, Texas last year, mm-hmm. and albeit Texas was a down team, but still, the revenge factor, everything that went into that game, they were uber-motivated to yep. beat BYU. Okay. They gave up 550 rushing yards against them the year before. Texas had every reason to go all out in that game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If the same offense can go in there and win 41 to 7, now a year older, why can't they go to Nebraska and win? Why can't they go to, to Michigan and beat a team which, honestly, I think BYU is more talented than Michigan? How did you just, that? just because of what's been going on in Ann Arbor. Why can't BYU go and win those road games? I say they can. I, I'm telling you, because of the, his, the history behind all of this, why not? Why not? And you have Bronco Mendenhall back in charge of the defense, which will also help. Okay? I'm all in. I'm Special all in season you, for BYU. If you don't agree, look at the history, people. You, it's all there. You lead, Spencer. I'm following. I love it. Our Twitter question today, and our conversation is alive 24-7 on the Twitter machine. Use the hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. Is this, what do you expect out of the BYU three-headed monster, Taysom Hill, Mitch Matthews, and Jamal Williams in 2015? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At CubbyBlue74. Now, some people are taking this a little (laughs) little (laughs) too much to the next level. 
Heisman, Bolitnikov, Doak Walker, and Big 12 expansion, hashtag elite. Thank you at CubbyBlue74. Nice. I hope one, if one of those things happened, it would be yes. unbelievable. Yes, it would be special. <laughs> I, I, you know what? We might as well just go all out, man, in blue goggles, blue contacts, oh. blue eyebrows, blue eyelashes. Let's say they, let's say they, they get all those. Heisman. It feels like a fast Friday. It is fast. But it's a Thursday. Brian Kill, a day early for his weekly visit. Can this year's three-headed monster be as good as the one in 2009? We'll ask him next. He was part of a couple of three-headed monsters in 06 and 07. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio. The Moving Pictures on BYU Television. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. Join us using the hashtag BYUSN. If you miss anything, not to worry, video on demand, BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. You can watch episodes in their entirety. You can even fast forward through commercials if you feel like it. The podcast cuts them all out on iTunes. Download the BYU Sports Nation podcast to get your daily dose of BYU Sports. Or check out BYUSportsNation.com. It is all there for your taking. Our Twitter question today, what do you expect out of the BYU three-headed monster, Taysom Hill, Mitch Matthews, and Jamal Williams in 2015? We've had a few unrealistic responses thus far that we've read on the show, but I'm not going to say don't should, go there. Maybe we should call them uh, blue goggle okay, response. Yeah. Don't say few... unrealistic, man, because everything is anything is possible. You know, I'm just fair point. We we fair believe point. we believe that anything is possible. So we just say we'll just say blue goggle responses. Okay, so with the rule of three in place, and we put that together in in the first block, and now our Twitter question, we're going to bring in Big B Brian Kill, who's here a day early. So we're going to call this Throwdown Thursday instead of Fast <laughs> Friday. Is that cool? Okay, okay. Thursday. Okay, nice. okay, we'll start with our that Twitter works. question. What do you expect out of the big three on oh. offense for BYU football in 2015? Uh, I magic. I think they're going to be just fantastic. I expect Taysom to to break some records, mm. and I think Jamal will get the, the all time rushing record. That should be should be no problem. I hope I hope he breaks the single season record. I hope he just you know has a bounce. Both those two coming off injuries. I hope they have a bounce back here, and I expect them to. I'm excited to watch them. So in in 2009, when I played with Harvey Unga, Max Hall, Dennis Pitta. Uh, the there was 62 touchdowns scored that year, and uh, 46 of those touchdowns, uh, those three accounted for. Wow, 74 percent. How much emphasis or stock do you put into a three-headed monster uh, like these guys? Well, if if you're a defense mm-hmm. and you're trying to stop an offense, yep. and they can beat you in the air, they can beat you on the ground. Or the quarterback can tuck it and take off You're and take it to the house at any given time. That's that's tough to stop. You're so that's trouble. that's why it's so dangerous yeah. because air, land, and sea. <laughs> so, if you're a defensive it, coordinator, what are you doing to game plan against the big three? Oh, you, if I'm a defensive coordinator and I'm, I'm playing BYU, it all starts and stops with Taysom Hill. That's it's just you know I'm telling my guys you hit him every chance you can. This is why Taysom's got to be careful. That's why he's got to be smart. Is because this is what as defensive minds, this is what we're doing. Not nothing dirty. Right. Nothing cheap, nothing after the whistle, but clean, hard, physical play. Every time you get a chance to hit him, 
you hit him. That's what I would tell my guys because that's all cumulative. That takes its toll. By the end of the game, he's sore. His ribs hurt. His back hurts. His legs are, are tired. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really where the offense goes. So it, it starts and stops with Taysom. So let, let's say that you, are, you, you, you come into the game focusing on Taysom, but let's say Coach Anai hands the ball off and maybe your weakness is, is uh, stopping the run. And Jamal just has a lights out game, yeah. and you know he's he's balling, he's killing it. Then you know what do you do? You bring up some offense or or some safety. Load the box. Load the box, right? Mm-hmm. So then then that helps you out with with Mitch Matthews. Yeah, right? that's then, why it's that's why it's so good. Um, when you have dual threats, it just I mean you look at all the great offenses in in college and the NFL. They have dual threats, and that opens up the, the pass, opens up the run, the run opens up the pass, and they open up each other and build off each other. And and that's what so that's why like I said if we can get Jamal back to where he was, get him clicking on all cylinders, Mitch is I mean he's just ready to go and so yep. it's just you know the question mark is if those other two guys coming off those injuries, I mean it could be a special year on offense. We had a fun history lesson uh, about ten minutes ago looking <laughs> back at the power of three within BYU football history. And uh, you've played with a couple of three-headed monsters of your own. 06, uh, John Beck, Johnny Harleen, Curtis Brown. Mm-hmm. 07, Max Hall, Austin Colley, Dennis Pitta introduced to the offense in mm-hmm. 07 for real. Uh, when you look back at those teams, what did you take from them in terms of motivation to get the rest of the guys going? Well, you have confidence. When, when you know that you're going to score points, that gets confidence for the rest of the team. And taking, taking those two years, one of the things that a lot of people wouldn't know, um, we would, if we won the toss, we would ask for the ball. And most other teams, if they won the toss, they would defer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. almost every game, we started out with the ball. And I don't know what the percentages are, but a high percentage of those times – we marched right down and scored a touchdown. Easily. And when you do that, when you do that, it just it demoralizes your opponent. They're playing catch up the whole game. They're playing from behind. As a defense, it changes the way you can play defense. So when you have the ability to score on offense, when you have the three-headed monster that's, that's dangerous, that's potent, and that puts fear in the guys across the field from you, that gives the rest of the team courage. It gives us confidence, and, and that's why we were so good. Brian, let's switch over to the side of the ball that really, really matters. Amen. Uh, the defense. Can I get amen? Uh, amen. Um, what three positions do you think are key on a Bronco men and all oh. defense? A three-headed monster of defense, if you will. <laughs> um, well, so it can be any position, but it's a role. Um, the first thing, and this is the most important, is a role. And I've said this before, but you got to have a guy that's just – a little bit dog out there, mm, right. and just you know maybe maybe a couple chromosomes away maybe. from from crazy, <laughs> you know, Brandon, just a couple. Shout out Brandon Ogletree. Just a couple chromosomes away from crazy. You want a guy out there that that barks, that that's intense, that's just crazy, that's got bloodshot eyes, that's got snot bubbles and drool. And <laughs> you want be, that could guy? Could that be Cameron Jensen? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what position he plays. He can be a safety like Andrew Rich. He yeah. can be a linebacker like Cam- Cameron Jensen. You know, he could be a, a defensive lineman like Ziggy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he could be any position. But you want one of those guys. If you're talking sheer positions, um, I would say in our defense, the the field corner. It's just, <laughs> See? it's just, it's just, 
They don't believe me. The B. dude is out there on an island. He's 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 got a lot of a lot of field to cover, mm-hmm. and he's asked mm-hmm. to do a lot. And it's a tough job. It's important in our defense. So I'd say the field corner is important, and then I would say whoever is the premier rusher. So usually the will, you yeah. know, that's an important so like position. A, like, a, like Kyle, yeah, Kyle, yep. And then he, he so that's just will. it's important because so so that puts pressure on the quarterback. And then the other the other if you're talking positions would be. Probably the, the middle linebacker. Middle linebacker. So he now, runs the show. Now that we've talked about the important side of the ball, notice I to, didn't name my own position in and there. Yeah, <laughs> that, was un, that was unbiased. That was unbiased. I played the the field outside backer Sam, Sam and I didn't yeah. name that. I was unbiased. I want the listeners to note that. Note that. I, I would say. I would say it would be the middle linebacker, the free safety, and the field corner. The free safety, because he runs the secondary. Yep. He, he runs the secondary. Yep. He's usually, I wouldn't argue with that. He's usually, he's usually the, 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 another coach on the defense. Yep. If, right? he, if he's messed up, oh, everybody's, everybody's messed, messed, everybody's messed, everybody's messed, everybody's messed up. up. Good to know. So, so you so want a smart, you want a smart free safety. Uh-huh. You want a smart. We had Quinn Gooch and and Kellen Fowler when I played. Two Kellen of the smartest Fowler's guys. A genius. A genius. Straight up genius. So. You know, we, we always used to say this. They might beat us, but they won't trick us. Right. Yep. That's <laughs> we right. We used to say this. That's right. Because we'd play guys that were faster than us. They might run by us. They they might beat us, but they're not going to trick us. <laughs> so true. So true, man. <laughs> but guess what? If that, honestly, if that's the case, you're going to be in a good position yeah. to win a lot of football you games. You are. If you're yeah. ahead you are. of the count on that, then you're going to be you in a are. good play position. Play the odds. I've been talking a lot about looking at history, of course, with with the big three. And for me, the stars are lining up, Brian, for what I feel like is a great opportunity to have to put together a special season. You know, yeah. the schedule obviously is very special, very it's already special. It's opportunistic, more than opportunistic. And so people say, well, you're crazy, man. Take out the blue goggles. Like BYU, <laughs> if they win eight games, it's going to be a good season. I say, do you see what they're bringing to the table? Yeah. And every time in the recent past, every time that you have had upperclassmen, and a three-headed monster, BYU has put together a memorable season. So why not this year? Yeah. Why not? Tell me why BYU shouldn't win ten games. That's the mindset you got to have, and and hopefully every single guy in that locker room has that mindset. They can't. They can't. This this is the biggest thing. There's there's expectations, and then and there's reality. But the key is confidence. And what you don't want is guys saying, "Oh, I hope we win eight games." Right? Mm-hmm. If you that's just crap. Yeah. You want you want every last guy in that locker room expecting to win every game on that schedule, every game, and you want them to step onto the field every single Saturday or Thursday or whatever it is, and look across the field and say, "We can beat those guys. We're gonna beat those guys." And it, when you when we get there, when we get there, then it, it will be special. There you right. have it. We're just getting going with Brian Kill, the first of two segments with Big B. And little beyond BYU Sports Station. I'm going to give you something to think about during the break, Brian. <laughs> then we're going to then we're going to go to it right after, and that is, how would you sell BYU to a room full of Big 12 executives? What would your sales pitch be? Get ready to the Big 12 <laughs> for BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. Bring in the closer. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back on a Throwdown Thursday. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Also, Brian Keel in the studio. That's right. Hey, did you miss the first part of our interview with Big B, Brian Keel? 
not to worry, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. That interview or any other BYU Sports Nation interview available on the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe now so you don't miss a beat. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines, starting with baseball. Colton Shaver named a second-team freshman All-American by Perfect Team College. The BYU baseball star will compete in the College Home Run Derby tonight, live on ESPN, 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain Time. BYU represented on the PGA Tour this weekend at the Green Beret Classic. Zach Blair finished round one at one under. Daniel Summerhays tees off at 1.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Ah, the Greenbrier. BYU <laughs> softball All-American Gordy Hooray. Bravo competing for Team Mexico in the World Cup of softball. Two for three with an RBI and a 93 win against Venezuela yesterday. ESPN college football analyst Danny Canal on the Rosello show yesterday said, BYU is one of his two picks for Big 12 expansion. He said, go get BYU if you can. Interesting that he chose that, that phrase, if you can. If you can. <laughs> I'm if. not sure what goes into that, but Danny Canal, and I know for a fact Danny's super high on BYU. He yeah. always has. He's been a proponent of what the BYU program stands for, so I'm not surprised at all. But he said it, and it got a lot of traction because he was on ESPN and the Rosillo show. That's right. So with the, the, the Big 12 expansion and college football expansion, Brian, uh, we, we gave you some time <laughs> to get your sales pitch ready to go. You know, <laughs> th- this, is, this is something <laughs> where uh, it's, this is very a vital time for the BYU program. Uh, Tom Homo you know, gives you a call and says, hey, Big B, man, I need you. You know, you're the closer. I got a nice set for you. Uh, I, I need you to go and close this down. I need you to fly to Dallas, Texas, and, and present to the, 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 the members of the Big 12 and explain to them why we should be in the Big 12 conference. So you, be, you know, you, you, you do some research. Uh, you take some notes. You're on the plane to Dallas right now. You get off that plane, 90, 100-degree weather, walking into a conference room. Brian, just get to the – I want the pitch. The just get to it. I want the In front the of the executives. You got, your, you got the turtle wax on your bald head shining. You got your oh. slim fit suit on, oh, looking man. all nice and crispy. You got your cougar blue tie. I just and turned And you look in your eyes at the executives for the Big 12, and you're letting them know why should Brigham be a part of the Big 12. Go. <laughs> Well, first of all, thank you for that buildup. And, no yes, Tom Homo does call me Big B, so thank you for being accurate right there. <laughs> that's what I do. <clears throat> if I walked into that room, if I, if I gave a pitch to those guys, this is what i tell them. I'd start off with last year. I'd say, fellas, let's cut to the chase. Y'all got left outside of the dance party mm. with two teams last year. Okay, TCU and Baylor both belonged in the party, and they got left out of the party. They were all dressed up pretty for the prom, standing <laughs> on the curb with no date. Why? Because you guys don't have a championship game. You're a team called the or a conference called the Big 12, and you got 10 teams. That makes no sense to me, okay? Add two teams, have 12 teams in your 12-team conference, and have a championship game. If you had a championship game, you would have had at least one team in the big show, the college playoff, first ever last year. And the way they were playing, y'all might have – Come away with some hardware. Okay, so, so, so if you don't think you need 12 teams and a championship game, you guys are kidding yourself. So, so that's, I mean, that's problem solved. You need two more teams. Now, the next question is, of the teams that we could get, who is the best fit? Mm-hmm. And that's where I come in. BYU belongs in your conference, and this is why. You, of all the teams that are available, of everybody that you could propose to, mm-hmm. not one of them 
has the history that BYU has. Not one of them. Not one of them has the, the pageantry and the, the, the accolades and the story that BYU has. Second, not one of them travels the way BYU does. Hmm. We're going to put people, we're going to put fans in seats at all the stadiums that we go to. We're going to have viewers on television watching all the games that we play in. There's not one other team out there that you could get that has a viewership like, like we do. And there's not one other team out there that you could get that has the resources that we do. Lastly, we win football games. In the last 40 years, there's three teams in college football that have won more games than us. Three teams. The choice is yours, Big 12. See you later. Okay, all right. So there's, there's the sales pitch. Now let me channel, now let me channel my inner uh, Big 12 uh, upper Devil's class advocate. dude. Okay. <laughs> uh, Brian, we appreciate uh, your... <laughs> Your well-thought-out presentation. But there are some concerns we have. First of all being the geographic concerns of traveling to Provo, Utah. What do you have to say about that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Provo is a fantastic place. You guys will just love it here. It's just delightful. And, yeah, you know, it's a little bit out of the way, but it's really not that much further than some of the other teams in your conference. It's a jump, hop, and a skip on a plane, and, you know, today with technology, it's no problem. Uh, but, Brian, we, we need somebody uh, as a travel partner, potentially, uh, for West Virginia as well. Yeah, so that's tough. So, it's, you know, they're kind of out there. But this kind of balances things out. So you got them out there and you got us the other way. So, so it's even. Even this is good. Who is the other team that you would add besides Brigham Young University? That's your problem. You guys worry about that. <laughs> I just want into the club, and we belong in the club, so let us in the club. The last thing I'll bring up is uh, BYU does not play on Sundays, Brian. Uh, This brings some huge logistical scheduling concerns to us. Yeah, so I have some data here of how many games you guys have actually played on Sunday. I'm making this up as I'm going. How many games you guys actually played on Sunday over the last 15 years? And there's only like four games, and so it's really not a big issue. You can just schedule those other teams to play on Sunday. We've worked in conferences before. It hasn't been a problem. It's not an issue. If If you want to get something done, then you find a way. That's the way to get it done. Where do we sign? Let's make right this thing happen. Right here on the dotted line. Right here okay. on the dotted Let's line. Let's make this thing happen. Signed. I can guarantee you this much. BYU's first football game will not be on a Sunday in 2015. <laughs> Countdown to the Cornhuskers. Five days. 65 days away. BYU at Lincoln Memorial Stadium taking on Mike Riley, the new head coach, and his Nebraska Cornhuskers. Our discussion today. Why can't Taysom Hill, leading the three-headed monster of the BYU offense, go into Lincoln Memorial and hand them their first season-opening loss at home in three decades? Why not? You know, they're, pay- they're playing Florida Atlantic, okay, <laughs> and Central Michigan. This is BYU we're talking about opening the season at Nebraska. Okay, so as much as I, like, respect the three decades of, yeah, we haven't lost a home opener in three decades— this is BYU. You've got a new head coach. This is Have brutal. fun handling the three-headed monster. Brian, let's skip ahead 65 days. What do you tell this BYU team, especially the seniors, as they open the season at Nebraska? If I was standing in front of those guys on that day before they took the field, I would talk to them about history. I would talk to them about where BYU has been, where we are right now, and where we're going. And I would talk to them, I would say, look back in your minds to those images, those iconic video clips that you've seen of heroes from the past. Today is your time. Today is your chance Mm. 
to go down in BYU history as one of those greats. Mm. Today is your, your opportunity to shine. Go make history today. This is your destiny. Okay. It starts today. Okay. And go make it happen. You ready Woo! to go? You ready to I'm go? I'm ready, man. Beat? I'm ready. With you by my side, Big B by my side, man, I could be. We take that I could, field. I could be the we quarterback, dude. I could be the quarterback and win a Heisman at the same time. <laughs> I'm ready to roll, man. I'm ready. Why not? Why not beat Nebraska Why and beat not? Michigan and win 10 games for BYU in the schedule that everyone says there's no way? I say there is a way, and it's probably more likely than you think when you look at the history of it all. Brian Keel, fantastic stuff. You've motivated all of the Sports Nation. <laughs> yes. Okay. Everybody sitting at a cubicle right now <laughs> wants to tackle more ferociously the emails that they have to clear through on their docket. They have an Excel spreadsheet open in front of them, and they are going to destroy that thing. You are welcome, Cougar yeah. Faithful. You are welcome for helping your Thursday go by better. Did you just combine veracity and ferociously? I love it. I love it. Brian Kill, you need to be a guest every day. This is BYU Sports Can I get it? Amen. <laughs> BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live in Studio B, fresh off of an invigorating. And what was the word he used? I don't know, man. Voraciousness. Yeah, he just made that. I think he made that up. It's weird because only me and Jerem usually make up words on this show. I guess you're you're a part of that now. Oh. We have our own dictionary. Brian Keel. Gave the speech of all speeches in two different instances. One, to the Big 12 uh, higher-ups to let BYU into the conference. And two, to BYU football before they opened the season at Nebraska. That really, you know, the, the, the speech to the players really got me, man, because the BYU Coach Mendenhall does a great job with emphasizing the, the history of the program. There's so many times that you walk into a meeting room or you see pictures or videos uh, going on where where it's highlights of of you know Steve Young and McMahon and and just all of the history that that BYU holds and he does kind of dangle that over you like join history you know you know live up to what these guys have done so that that's definitely something that that you take heathen as a, as a player because you're like oh I don't want to I don't want to be that guy it's almost like you don't want to disappoint those greats so that's definitely something that I loved with that speech. And I was, wow, I'm ready to go, man. Our Twitter question today, what do you expect out of the BYU three-headed monster of Taysom Hill, Mitch Matthews, and Jamal Williams on offense in 2015? Brian, I haven't even asked you. What are your realistic expectations for the big three? Oh, So if we look back at the stat um, with, with in 2009 with Harvey, Max, and Dennis, them accounting for 74% of the touchdowns scored uh, in 2009, I would say that that is my expectations for these guys. For these guys, seventy-five percent or higher is 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 what I expect them to do. Um, when you look at last year with some injuries, uh, those guys combined they were on pace to to do something similar. Uh, obviously, with injuries, they weren't able to do that. So you look at them being able to 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 hit that seventy-five percent mark it, last year. You easily win. Three, three of those games that you were, you know, you went overtime with, that you lost by a touchdown or so, a couple points here and there. Easily, 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 you come away with Ws if that if those three hit those marks, hit that mark. 
Let's take a look at some specific numbers, some projections, if you will, and argue what's the chance that BYU or individuals within BYU reach those marks. Here we go. BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Let's do it. What's the chance, number one? What's the chance Taysom Hill throws for 25-plus TD passes in 2015? Brian, you want to go first? I'm going to go 100%. 100%. Uh, as a sophomore, uh, he had 19 touchdown passes in 13 games. And then last year, he was on pace uh, for 23. So 25 uh, plus, I, I think it's going to be an easy, uh, very easy for him to accomplish, considering the fact that he wants to become more of a passer. Yes, because he wants to stay uh, uh, healthy, but really more importantly, he needs to show the scouts that he can pass the ball as a quarterback. I'm going to say 50%. Here's why. Because Taysom Hill is such a weapon in the red zone, especially near the goal line with his legs and his strength. That's not going to go away. He told us last week on Media Day, look, if I'm on the one-yard line and I see a hole and I've got a chance, nobody's stopping me. I'm going to score a touchdown. It's not that I don't think Taysom can't throw the ball. I think he's improved immensely in Mm -hmm. two years, his accuracy. And the numbers show that last year. I just don't think that there are going to be that many opportunities for him to not run the ball in. BYU is going to be on the goal line a lot. I think Taysom scores the majority of those close touchdowns. That's why Jamal is going to get the ball. Okay. And maybe, great, give it to Jamal as well. I say 50% 25-plus touchdown passes in 2015. Number two. Speaking of Jamal, what's the chance Jamal Williams rushes for over 1,300 yards in 2015? Brian, yours are the honor again. You know, I'm going to say I'm going to say 75%. That's, that's what I'm going to say. You, 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 you have a strong offensive line um, with, some, with some experience. Uh, you have... Um, Jamal coming back off of injury, and and most people are like, wait a minute, we don't really know what to expect. But when you hear the buzz around Jamal and what uh, he's he's been doing, and, and all the dedication, the hard work, the effort that he's putting into getting back on the field, I think that alone, my friends, and, and when you have a guy like Jamal that has the eye of the tiger, uh, like Kyle Collinsworth, look what look what Kyle did, right? When when he said, you know, I'm gonna make doubters believers and come back that much stronger from this injury. Uh, and I think the same, you're going to see the same thing with Jamal. So I'm going to say about 75%. I'm going to say 40%, and not because I don't think Jamal is capable of doing that. No way. I just think there's not enough love to go around to all of the playmakers on offense. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So that's why I go with 40% is I just don't think logistically that Jamal is going to get as many carries as he had in 2013 mm-hmm. between Taysom and Mitch and that entire wide receiving core. Okay? So – the opportunity there, Jamal can do it, but I, I mean, you know, I, th- I think he breaks the record. I think he goes over the thousand yard mark. Thirteen hundred would be a magical season for him. And you know what? Prove me, prove me wrong. Prove me yeah. wrong, Jamal. I would love nothing more than that. Number three. What's the chance Mitch Matthews has over one thousand yards receiving in twenty fifteen? I'm going to go first with this one. You okay? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. One hundred and million percent. <laughs> Mitch Matthews will have over 1,000 yards receiving in 2015. Why? Because he is an elite receiver. This is a senior campaign. He demands respect. He demands the ball. And Taysom Hill trusts that dude more than anybody else in the receiving core. If he needs to go somewhere and he's in duress, guess what? He's throwing it up to his 6'6", 
freak of an athlete to go up and get the ball. Mitch Matthews will have over 1,000 yards receiving in 2015. Wow, Mom. Over 1,000? He was 922 last year. I'm going to say 0%. 0 0% chance that Mitch Matthews has over 1,000 yards receiving. Yep. I think what's well, wrong with you? a lot of a lot of those yards. That's a complete miscalculation when, of what happened. Yes, Doctor Bob knows that was a complete miscalculation. I would say a lot of those yards though came when when uh, Taysom was. You just at told me that Taysom was going to have over twenty five touchdown passes one hundred percent because he's going to be throwing more. You're t <laughs> yeah. you're making no sense. But that doesn't mean that he has to throw to Mitch though. Oh my goodness. <laughs> There's other. Yeah, don't, don't throw to your best receiver. There's don't other throw receivers, your best receiver. man. Don't, he's going to have over 25 touchdown passes, 100. Dude, but there's, no, don't oh, there's, worry about there's your best other receiver. receivers, man. He only had 100 yard, uh, 100 yard receiving game with Taysom at quarterback. I don't care. So Taysom, so Mitch having over or under a thousand yards has nothing to do with Taysom having 25 plus touchdowns. Nine twenty-two last year. That has nine, nothing to do with that. And how? And and how? And when did when did Mitch really started to be uh, started to become a target and really involved in a game plan? When did? When, when, did, when Yeah. When? Okay. It was with Christian Stewart. Okay. I'm not. I'm not denying that. But what I'm okay. saying is, Taysom has told me that he has learned things from that watching the offense when he wasn't the quarterback, and he wants to do that. Hey, bro, it's easy to learn to sit back on your couch and take some notes. It's definitely different <laughs> when you got 350-pound linemen coming at you. Oh, and by the way, probably running four seven four eights and four sixes. Exactly. You throw against, it, guess what? You throw it up to your six six athlete of a receiver. If throw you, it up, man. If you, can, if you got time to throw it up. You don't need time. He's always open because he's six six. Man. Number four. What's the chance you ingest more than three hot dogs over the 4th of July weekend? Speaking of throwing up, um, <laughs> by the way, Americans are expected to eat 150 million hot dogs over the 4th of July weekend, wow. according to the National Sausage and Hot Dog Council. That is a lot of hot dogs. I'm going to say zero. Okay, Brian, 0%? I'm not eating You don't dog. eat hot dogs? Are no. you eating one hot dog? Nope. Are you too good for hot dogs? I don't. Are you I too just, good for a national tradition on this, the 4th of July? That's the thing. Hey, man, I watch the Sandlot. This, this, <laughs> that's the tradition, right? That's the true tradition. Hey, the thing is this. I don't cook, and my wife does, but my wife doesn't eat hot dogs, so I eat whatever she Listen, cooks. Listen, what if you got, like, the primo meat, like the premium cut of beef in a hot dog? And they have those. They have those. Okay, like the kosher ones or whatever. Would you eat that hot dog? Hey, man, I'd eat anything. I'd eat almost anything except for vegetables. Well, I'm five six. That somebody puts on my plate, but my wife just doesn't cook. She's not going to cook. It's not about it. your like, wife. This is you. I would, put it in a microwave. I would eat it. Yeah. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. The only thing I, I the only put I put in, I think I put in the microwave is my leftovers from from the food that she cooks me. <laughs> what about gushers on a hot dog? That's your go-to food. Would you eat? Would if I presented you a hot dog with gushers on it? Would you eat it? I probably would taste a bite. Well, heck no, <laughs> take a bite. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. As disgusting as that sounds, I would take a bite of it to see. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to bring oh, up the energy level. What are sir? you? What are okay. You, what are you? Are you over, gonna eat three hot dogs? I'm gonna eat three hot dogs. Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Station is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Throwdown Thursday, and we're whipping it.
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Baseball. Colton Shaver earned a spot on Perfect Team's All-American second team. He will showcase his talent tonight in the College Home Run Derby at 8.30 Eastern on Espen. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays both compete in the Greenbrier Classic this weekend. <gasps> Blair finished at one under today, tied for 42nd. Summerhays will tee off later today. Softball. Nice. That was your Big 12 conference choice. Not really. Uh, that was more of this. Uh, Gordy. Brian. <laughs> Gordy Bravo hit two for three for Team Mexico in the World Cup of Softball as Mexico rolled over Venezuela 9-3 yesterday. Bravo and Mexico will take on Argentina today. Football. Danny Cannell of ESPN's college football coverage says BYU and UCF would be the two teams he would pick to join the Big 12 should expansion come around, I think it's inevitable. Cougars in the association. Jen Hampson and the Los Angeles Sparks will play the San Antonio Stars tonight at 10.30 Eastern Time. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I think this one is super easy. Brian Keel for giving the speech of all speeches yes. after the longest setup ever by Brian Logan before he went to the Big Hey, man, the I Big was, 12. hey, you know what? I'm just, like, BYU Sports, this desk, this set, this is just, you know, this is my canvas, man. I'm just, <laughs> you know, and so I just try to, I'm just an artist. I consider myself an artist, you know, so I just try to paint the picture. So. Well, let's paint some tweets out here and go back to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. What do you expect out of the BYU three-headed monster of Taysom Hill, Mitch Matthews, and Jamal Williams in 2015? At I Do Rock the Y says, if BYU starts 3-1, and one, so is that what he's saying they will do? Mm-hmm. They have an 85% chance to reach 10-plus wins. I say, why not? Yeah. Why not? I think they're going 3-1. and one. Everybody thinks I'm crazy, but... At jmort 7 our elite tweet of the day says, I expect leadership, focus, urgency, and sheer dominance. Yes, that's, that's, that is a good one right there. Hashtag 10-plus wins. Thanks to Brian Keel, our guest, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Station. For Little B, Brian Logan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Terrence Hooks.